Good morning, everyone. Everyone in the lobby, you can make your way in here. We didn't practice this song for nothing. All right, everyone, please stand as you were able and let's, uh, let's express some joy this morning.
Good morning. I think that I think that band deserves a great round of applause to start our service off. You know, they just they just don't get up there two minutes before service starts. They they come up early and they practice. They practice during the week, and of course they have the Holy Spirit behind them to make sure they hit the right notes. Correct? Yeah. I'm up here. Uh, my name is Harvey Curley. I've been around for a while. I'm up here to uh, have you raise your hand and share with us how God has been in your life last week. Um, you know, we're all brothers and sisters, aren't we? And we want to share your concerns and your celebrations. Hey, Jackie, how are you? Hey, I'm always glad to give you the microphone. Well, I, I, finally, started a, I finally started a job. The job that I have is I, I dog sit for a dog and I get to play, I get to give him his exercise and play fetch with him because his, both of his owners are like are busy and they don't have time to, um, to take him for like a walk or to play fetch with him. So he just basically stays inside his house all day and he gets kind of like he gets kind of like bored, and when when dogs are bored and they're not and they're all alone, they they kind of they they would get like into mischief, like they would chew up stuff or if they would or they would bark at other dogs walking outside. So my job is like I go over to his house and I and I just throw the ball for him, and he and he fetches it. So. I give him I give him some attention and he gets he gets his exercise. So my job is dog sitting. Thanks, Jacqueline. Um, good morning, everyone. I just wanted to give a praise report. Really, uh, it's partially about Jacqueline because as we listen to the Christmas music um, on the radio. And I use Pandora. And what I love is that Jacqueline, if the song doesn't have anything to do about with Jesus, she forwards it to the next song. So it's awesome. Just wanted to thank God for that. <laughs> Anybody else? 
That's right. <laughs> Anybody? Back here. And Amanda, too. Okay. Good morning. Hi, my name is Jesse. Um, I've been working on this book for three years, just illustrating it. Um, I, at one point, I wanted to give the copyright of my book to Genesis the Church, but I'm on benefits, so that's not legal. But just this past Tuesday, I saw a probate court judge, and he said I could sign this book contract offered to me that was uh, traditional publishing. And so I signed it, and then there's a spot where it says if anything happens to me, um, if, if they would continue publishing it, and under whose name, and I wrote Genesis the Church. Thank you. Amanda, did you have your hand up, my dear? No? Okay. Anybody else? Where? Gotcha. Tag, I'm it. Uh, we have been living in our house since last Monday, and we're sleeping there, and it's been incredible to have our own space. And I find this week I've struggled with gratitude, and every time that I worry about something, God immediately meets that need. I was worried, oh, we're going to run out of tea. Can I go buy tea? You know, things are really tight right now. And we opened up some of our food boxes and found like four or five boxes of tea. We've probably got like 300 bags. And I'm like, woo! Um, financial provision, we, it's tight. And we ha came into some provision that we were not expecting, some very generous, you know, and that just keeps us going. So every time I find a worry, God has an answer before I can even worry about it. So he's met every need, and he has not let us, um, everything we need has been met. And God is just really a good provider, and it's been a reminder of that for me this week. God bless. Any, anybody else? Well, <laughs> where's the, <laughs> okay. I, I, we had a lot of people speak, and I loved it. It's wonderful. So I, I'm not going to tell my story, Pastor. No? Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> we, we had a joking thing going on, the Pastor and I, about me uh, telling, always get up there and tell stories besides the uh, testimonies. But uh, my desire is to be empty when I die. Being empty is doing what God requires of us and doing what God asks us to do. Two different things, isn't it? We all know what God requires, feed the poor, so forth and so on. But then there's occasions when God said, Harvey, I need this done, and I'm picking you to do it. you got to do this. So, that's, so my plate is full with all the things that God requires and God asks me to do. My, my plate is full. And before I die, and that's not morbid, uh, listen, don't worry about it. I, I, it's going to be a long while yet. But my plate is full, and it's a full-time job to take those things out. But, of course, God keeps adding things to it, right? It never, em it never empties, but that's my desire, to be empty when I go upstairs. <laughs> now, somebody's thinking, how do you know you're going to go upstairs, right? Well, I think so. I, I, I can feel pretty assured of that. So, that's it. Um, thank, Pastor, thank you for insisting that I tell my story. <laughs> I appreciate it. Nobody else? God bless you. As I, as I always say, as I look forward this way to see all your smiling faces, smile. There she goes. <laughs> that is wonderful. And Jackie, I got to tell everybody publicly, I, I look forward when Jackie is here and she stands up and speaks because what Jackie says is from the heart. It's from her soul. And uh, Jackie, we all love you. And now the band or orchestra or the, whoever is going to play another song for us. Go ahead, guys. Our next song was going to be Sandy Got Run Over by a Reindeer, but we decided not to do that. <laughs> I told about that before church. <laughs> let's, let's stand and sing Go Tell It on the Mountain.
And with that, here we go. We are doing the week three reading on joy. Um, we ask that you read when it says all when we pause. This morning, we light the candle of joy. Joy is deep and abiding, rich and rewarding. Joy is a well that does not run dry when troubles come. The siren song of our culture is consumption. Consume more and you will be fulfilled. Consume more and you will be happy. Consume more and you will have worth. When we allow ourselves to be entranced by the song, we will never find true joy. Everybody? May we find contentment in what we have, and may we review others as God's beloved children so that we might know true joy. Joy is found not in consuming more. Joy is found in a transformed life. This new life is one of generosity, compassion, and care for those around us. May we feed the hungry, clothe the wounded, 
and have compassion on all so that we might know true joy. We are invited into this new way of doing so we can become people of joy. This doing involves sharing, giving, respecting, honoring, and caring for people around us. Joy comes when we hold what we have lightly, our possessions, our positions, our finances, so that we can give freely. Joy comes in truly showing love to the other. May the light of joy consume our hearts as we allow Christ to transform us into the generous people of joy. Amen. First time, got it on right. Oh, good morning, church. Welcome to uh, Genesis, both everybody here in person and those of you online. My name's Ashley, and I've got some announcements for you this morning. Um, first off, uh, just a 
nice reminder. Uh, we are encouraged to, to wear masks in the common areas and when seated and everything. So thanks for keeping your friends and family safe. Um, if you haven't already gotten a text for the green card, we'd um, encourage you to go online, check it out. Uh, that's the way the church gets to know you. Um, you put in your name and an email address and whatnot, and also a way that you can communicate uh, your needs for, for prayer, you know, any time of the year, and especially during this difficult holiday season. And if you'd like some prayers, um, you know, just put in there whether you'd like it to be private, where only our elders and, and other church staff can see them, or, or if it's okay to be public so that the rest of the, the congregation can also pray for you. Um, so, what is the reason for this holiday season? You know, Christ, right? So, what we'd like to do on uh, Christmas Eve is get everybody together for a, a candlelight vigil here at the church at, at 5 p.m. So, so please feel free to join us for that. We'd love to see you here. Um, also, if you haven't noticed, the year is coming to an end. And so, so with that, we want to remind folks, you know, our, our church and our community is supported um, solely by the generosity of, of folks like, like ourselves. Um, giving to the church financially. Uh, so we would ask that in this holiday season, you know, you can consider uh, a kind of a year-end gift to us. Um, again, uh, being part of our family, it really helps the church be able to, to operate in our community and, and, and be giving to those that are less fortunate. And uh, if you want that, uh, that tax, you know, deduction from Uncle Sam, just make sure you make those donations by the 31st, or at least postmark them by then. Uh, so that um, pretty much uh, wraps up the formal announcements. So folks that are here in the crowd, please take a moment, connect with those around you, have some time for fellowship. Thank you. All right, if you can close up your conversations and we'll get moving on in our service together. <clears throat> we thank you, uh, everyone that has moved your giving practice to um, digital and online, but if you still bring checks or have pocket change or whatever, there's a wooden box in the back that you are welcome to put your offering in. Um, let's, let's pray and then we'll jump into um, our sermon for this morning and then we will have our discussion groups today. So you can um, participate in that. So let me pray and then we'll get going. 
So Lord, we invite your spirit um, to continue to be present and to continue to have um, authority in this space. And I ask God that you would be present in the in-between spaces. And for those of us that just sang a lot of songs about joy, um, but maybe that's not the space that we're in, God. We ask you to meet us in the difference and in that tension. And so I ask God that your spirit would speak and would encourage us this morning and um, that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in uh, Christ's name. Amen. How many of you guys are uh, Johnny Cash fans by a show of hands? Okay. <laughs> Michael, you're like, eh, he's okay. He's all right. <laughs> uh, Johnny Cash was known as the man in black. Does anyone know why Johnny Cash was known as the man in black? What? Because he wore black? <laughs> Does anyone know why Johnny Cash always wore black? Okay. Well, he has a song called The Man in Black, if you want to go back and listen to it. But Johnny Cash made a statement that there were people who were being oppressed, and there were people who were living in despair, and there were people whose lives had been broken. And there were people who had served their jail time, but because of the signs of the times, weren't being released. And Johnny Cash said, I'd like to be able to be a man that can wear a suit of white or a, a rainbow suit to say everything's all right. He says, but, but until something changes in our world, there needs to be a man in front that wears black. And so Johnny Cash made a point to always wear black, and it was a statement about what he saw as injustice in the world. And so this morning, I'm supposed to talk to you about joy. And I'm in all black. This has not been a season of joy. This has been the first season since two holiday Christmas seasons where we had a foster daughter in our home. Everything reminds us of the absence. Every song, every decoration, every trip through a store. And for us, it's an act of grief. It's an act of sorrow. Some days, it's an oppressive depression. And the victory for that day is just getting out of bed and potentially deciding, maybe I'll put pants on. <laughs> but in the, in the midst of the black, there's also a little bit of joy. <laughs> the classic melancholy, Bill Murray, we all resonate with him. But this, this is the representation of my talk this morning. I will speak to you of joy, but it's going to be a little bit in the midst of a whole lot of black, because this is where I am, and I can't give you a message about something that I don't know or don't experience. And so I, I resonate so much with the reading that the Meeker Sokol family did for the Advent. I resonate so much with the temptation to want to buy stuff to distract me from the fact that I am not happy. I want to buy food. I want to buy drink. I want to fill whatever's there to distract me. Tina and I laugh about when we go to Universal Studios. It's like you have a minute and a half on this roller coaster, but for a minute and a half, like, nothing hurts. And then all of a sudden you get off the roller coaster and you go, oh, she's still gone. So this morning, I am your man in black. When I was in fourth grade, 
I had the leading role in Temple Christian Academy's production of Good King Wenceslas. I, of course, played Good King Wenceslas as a fourth grader. It was an awkward production, to say the least. My king's crown had been fashioned for a man. And so every time I turned my head, it slid down and it would cover my eyes. Plus, I wore a man-sized beard, which on a fourth grader looked interesting. And the hair would get caught in my mouth when I would sing, which made me almost throw up on stage because I absolutely hate having hair in my mouth to this day. And unfortunately, I also had a pretty major fourth grade crush on the girl that was playing my daughter. So that must have made it awkward as an onlooker. But I remember belting out the lyrics to my solo. And it went like this. It is more blessed to give than receive, Jesus said long ago. Remember those words when it's joy that you seek. It is more blessed to give than receive. And I remember filling the auditorium with that little fourth grade soprano voice. And it must have been amazing. Our Advent said the siren song of our culture is consumption. Consume more and you'll be satisfied. Consume more and you'll be happy. That's a far cry from it is more blessed to give than receive. And if we allow ourselves to be entranced by that siren song, we may never find true joy. Today our text is Luke chapter three, verses seven to 18. If you want to turn to it or else it'll be on the screen. But in our text today, we'll find that joy doesn't come from what we consume, but instead joy comes from God's spirit at work in us and is a fruit of it. So this is a story of John the Baptist, starting at verse seven. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then, <laughs> the crowd asked. You could read that as, how do we find joy? This is not good news. And John answers, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? And John replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. And John answered them all, I baptize you with water but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. I'm assuming the good news was in response to what was recorded here. <laughs> this, it doesn't sound like good news. 
it sounds like you're getting in trouble. And it may even sound like there's a weight. There's a weight being placed on you. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Well, the theme for this week of Advent is joy. And it's important for us to understand this, that we live in the in-between space. That's, it's often called the now and the not yet with regard to the kingdom of God. So we know that Christ has come in the first advent. It's what we're celebrating. And with the arrival, ushered in a new way of life, a new kingdom. And yet, we still see brokenness around us. So there is the now of the kingdom and how the kingdom has arrived and there's the not yet, that God's kingdom has not arrived in its fullness. We know the painful reality of the now, and it is reasonable for us to sit through a service like this and to wonder if joy is even available to us. In the text, we see that John the Baptist didn't waste any time to declare the fact that Jesus was bringing about a new kingdom. And this new kingdom was going to challenge the way that everyone had been thinking. And this new kingdom could break into the now and could bring moments of joy into our weighty realities. It isn't one or the other in this now. It's both. It's suffering and joy. It's sorrow and joy. It's grief and joy in the now. And John told the crowd that producing fruit in keeping with repentance was a result of moving toward this new kingdom and that joy would be a fruit. Joy would be the growth or the response to that kingdom invading their lives. John's saying to his audience, you can't get into this kingdom on the coattails of your grandparents' faith. God could make new people out of stones. John was saying it had to be personal and it had to be intentional. And it was going to be vulnerable. And in order for them to experience joy, it was going to require a change in the way that they were thinking. It would require a repenting and for a new, a new seed needed to be planted in order to bear a different type of fruit. We often think of repentance as saying, I'm sorry. But the Greek word metanoia means more than that. It's about seeing things in a new way. It requires a reorientation and a transformation of one's life. And so John's saying, if you want the fruit of joy, in the now, you must allow yourself to experience transformation. John's saying that joy is possible when we move toward it. And in this text, he's specifically saying, here's some options. <laughs> Consume less. Think differently about your stuff and begin to share with others. Moving towards joy is taking itty-bitty moments into a new life, one of generosity and compassion and care for those around us. Each move 
is a growth for that new seed. And for those of us that have been practicing this, this is costly. I tend to find the longer that we're a foster home, the more days of darkness I experience than moments of light. Does it mean that God did not invite us to be a foster home? No, he did. It means that we're seeing things differently. We see the world differently. We see relationships differently. We see systems differently. And as we become exposed to that more and more, life is heavy. It's difficult to pursue joy in the midst of despair. It's challenging to move toward joy in this in-between time, in the now and the not yet, in between those touches of God's kingdom, but still longing for the fullness of God's kingdom. And we're all in this space together, and it's a time of waiting. It's a second advent. We're waiting for the next arrival. The next arrival that brings the full kingdom of God where there's no more pain, no loss, no death, and where God has wiped away every tear from our eyes. Amen? That's the hope. That's what John's revelation was about. But for now, this is where we are. And we're trying to find joy in the midst of tragedy and sorrow and suffering. And so John gives us three moves into Jesus' joy. They aren't the only moves, but they're the three that got documented. And so the first move is this, that real joy is found in a kingdom where anyone who has two shirts shares with the one who has none and anyone who has food does the same. In this new kingdom, people with plenty extend their table rather than building up fences to protect it. In this new kingdom, people of joy look at their closet and their refrigerator differently. And they try to fight off the drive to consume more. This is the first move. The second move that John gives in this new kingdom says joy is found when tax collectors don't collect any more than they're required to. In this new kingdom, people are not looking to profit off of others, abusing their power and their authority. Instead, people of joy hold what they have loosely. Their possessions, their positions, their finances, all become ways to bring joy to others. People of joy look at their resources differently. And then the third move that John highlights in this new kingdom is that joy is found when people don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely and are content with their pay. So people of joy practice sharing and giving and respecting and honoring and caring for people around them. They're not looking to build their wealth on the backs of the vulnerable or of the oppressed. People of joy look at others differently and look for opportunities to share with others what they have. So what do we do if we want to take a move towards being people of joy? It won't be the absence of hurt. Joy is not an emotion like happiness. 
John said to his audience, you need to repent. We can ask God, what is our next move? It's my favorite part of that text. The people, the tax collectors, the soldiers, all of their responses are a question. So then what should we do? I find myself in that space all the time. I know the sadness I carry. My question to God is often, so what, what should we do? Like, what should our family do? We want to be people of joy. But what should we do? We may feel that we don't have much to bring to the table. But we still want God to transform our hearts. To plant new seeds to bear new fruit. The fruit of joy. I don't know what your practices are for the holidays, but I love watching anything claymation. Anyone else? Thank you. There's a 1970s banger called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Anyone ever see that? <laughs> the, the key storyline is about having an opportunity to be reborn. And the key character in the storyline is the Winter Warlock. And the Winter Warlock sings a solo, and he makes this statement. It says, if you want to change your direction, if your time of life is at hand, well, don't be the rule, be the exception. A good way to start is to stand. <laughs> I like that. Very low bar. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. If I want to change the reflection I see in the mirror each morn, you mean that it's just my election to vote for a chance to be reborn. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. I don't know what one foot in front of the other is for you. I also don't know what a good way to start is to stand is for you. But God does. And God is gracious. In a life that is heavy, where we're looking for moments of joy, there's also a lot of grace. There's moments of joy, like smiles between strangers, tipping your target employee that loads your car as you drive up, <laughs> extending warmth and generosity around your table or to a neighbor, moments of joy. There's no one way to do this. And John wasn't giving a formula. John was addressing what was represented in the room. This morning, the encouragement is to make an invitation to God to plant and to grow the seeds of joy in us. Christ's kingdom brought about a new order of things. Christ showed us how to be generous, compassionate, and content. Christ showed us how to give up our greed and to act justly toward one another. And the good news for us this morning is that every day is a chance for us to be reborn. Be gracious with yourself because God is gracious with you. And ask God to help each of us to become people of joy because it is truly only a work 
that is a fruit of the Spirit of God in us. Let me pray. So Lord, we want to be open to your invitation, and we want to be open to your correction, and we want to be open to your, um, your movement. And so for the barriers that we carry, even right now in our processing, Lord, I ask for your mercy. And so would your truth drive out distraction, and would your truth drive out competition in our minds? that which is competing for the space of your voice. And we ask, Lord, for the fruit of joy to be planted here. And we ask for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And in Christ's name, amen. Well, we want you to talk specifically about this in discussion groups. So I want to encourage you to stand up, to go out this door, to go out that door. And into the lobby, you'll see there's sets of chairs set up uh, in the uh, library as well. So head out there. And we'd like to spend you know, 15 to 20 minutes just discussing this and getting um, a robust hearing from our groups.